This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. One sentence or one word to describe your team's basketball season. Pretty Good or simple. bad. Good or bad. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, we've had uh, – social media has been perfect for this. Uh, David Lefwich uh, was one of the first guys to uh, send us something back. Um, he, his, his response was a question. Which ACC school won a championship and has two academic players of the year and a player of the year? Mm, good point. Uh, that'd be the Hokies. <laughs> right? So, there you go. Congratulations to David. JD Tech fans going to ride that one. Wow, that banner in Castle is going to be big now. I don't know why you would not. That banner is going to be big. I mean, you know, the first ones always are special. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's a conference championship, a national championship, whatever. The, the first ones are always special. Yeah. No question. Been since the old uh, Metro days. <laughs> one of our favorite loops as a kid growing up. The old Metro League. Man, the old Metro now. We could find a clip of some of those broadcasts. <laughs> oh, let's not. Okay. They had collars on the coats, big enough to land planes on. All right, let's get to the phones. 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, Leroy in North Carolina. Good morning. Good morning, and congratulations on 601. Thank you. Thank Very you. kind. Appreciate it. Yes, and uh, love the show. And my sentence is uh, for Clemson. Uh, needs to close out better. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, there are a lot of close fights for the Tigers that didn't go their way, right? Yeah, but the good news, uh, if you're a Clemson basketball fan, is they probably played their best basketball at the end Absolutely. of the year, yep. right? I mean, they really played Virginia Tech better than anybody else in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right? Totally agree. If, totally if, agree. If there's if, biggest word in sports, if Darius yeah. Maddox doesn't make the three in OT, uh-huh. that crazy magic carpet ride for the Hokies never happens. <sighs> never but, happens. Uh, Brad Brown, I think the year coming up is a very important one for him, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, Chris Mellon on social media. No relation to Thornton Mellon, I'm guessing. That's for some of y'all, not all of you. It's a great underrated movie. Thank you. Uh, in Forbes We Trust. Don't let Steve see that, right? I think he needs to see yeah. that. <laughs> I think just the opposite. I think yeah. Coach absolutely – he had a great year. Yeah, he did. Coach of the year, had the player of the year. Hey. Uh, Deeks had a special man. I mean, it was a great run. I know they were disappointed not getting in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NIT kind of felt like a kind of a slap, like, ah, I mean, we're better than this. But they got three games, so they played well. Yeah. But what a year, right? Yeah. I mean, a breakthrough year and so many road wins, big time. Really uh, terrific. I got to do some paperwork over the weekend on this and – uh, well, let me just tell you this. I do know this about Wake Forest. Davian Williamson, Dallas Walton, Jake LaRavia, and Isaiah Musius can all come back on the COVID year for Wake Forest if they choose to, right? I mean, uh, Leaky Black, we talked about at Carolina, could be in that same boat. Just think of that pack. And we're not even talking about Portal or whatever the case may be. It's precisely why I say in October, let me know what a roster looks like. I mean, if everybody comes back, hey, awesome. Right. But I have a funny feeling that will probably not be the case. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, Charlie, Massachusetts. Next. Charlie, good morning. Hey, guys. I'm in Boston. 
nice. great. In Massachusetts, yeah, obviously. Uh, love your show. Uh, I've got a long history of uh, ACC. Growing up in a UVA family, brother was the uh, oldest brother was the sports editor, sports editor of the Cavalier Daily uh, in '81. Okay. With uh, yeah. when Ralph Sampson took over, and I went to Chapel Hill and you know, met Woody Durham several times. Uh, my uh, question or thought is comparing. 42 years of Coach K at Duke against the entire program at Carolina. And it's pretty even, as you might already know. Uh, one more Final Four for Carolina, same number of titles. Mm-hmm. Coach K has got a losing record against Duke slash uh, Roy. Uh, so it's an interesting comparison. I would argue that the culture at Carolina has been a better one because it's been more about the program than one single coach. Uh, nobody at Carolina tripping players and, you know, the rest. Sorry, I've got my kids in the background. Anyway, I wanted to know your thoughts. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate the call from Massachusetts. Boston. Well, go ahead. You leave. I think that – and I said this last week, and I said it prior to the ball game in uh, Cameron that we did with Debbie Pack. I, both schools make each other better. There is some congruency in the 40 – and I'll go back to Vic Bubas. In fact, I met Ray Cox yesterday who played for Vic Bubas with Jeff Mullins on some of those Duke teams. And, and I kind of animated to him the same thing. If you take Vic Bubas and Dean Smith, right, and you run this thing out to 2022, where we are now, okay, there have been dips at both places. You know, but for the most part, Duke's dips were a little more pronounced prior to 81 when Kay arrived. But in since 1980, when Mike Krzyzewski took over, those 42 years, both programs, for the most part, have been terrific basketball brands. Are the records about the same? Yeah, it's a 50-50 thing with Kay and the scoring. We've seen all that. I don't know... Carolina's legacy since Dean Smith arrived after those bumps that are similar to Mike's, right? Isn't it irony? The first three years Coach Smith had, the first three years Kay had. I still think they make both better. I'm not willing to – Carolina's won five national championships, Kay won five national – I mean, you know, all those things in the Dean Smith-Roy Williams era. And Hubert Davis has got a chance. Yeah, no question. I think John Shire has a chance. I don't know that we now, if you're a fan, yeah, and you're a Duke fan, you're going to say you're better than Carolina. If you're a Carolina fan, you're going to say you're better than Duke. But for us, who cover the league and love the league, it's the two best basketball brands the league has, and it might be two of the best basketball brands the country has. No, you can't argue that. Um, No, that's a given. To me, the most important thing is the next chapter, and we're now in – the next chapter, right? We've seen North Carolina go to Final Fours for nine consecutive decades. We've seen Duke do the same thing in seven consecutive decades. We can match up banners to banners, wins to wins, it's 50-50, whatever. The the excellence that both of these programs are makes them elite. Right. It makes Carolina elite, makes Duke elite. Uh, sometimes, you know what, light blue's got the advantage over dark blue. The other time, guess what? It flip-flops. Right. It's been the cool thing about a rivalry, a great rivalry, is the give and take. Right? This Absolutely. Is, this is not Ohio State has beaten Michigan 16 the last 18, right? The immediacy. We don't get that in this rivalry. 
We don't. It, it's hey, you. I think I'm better than you. Guess what? I'm ranked, and you're not. Boom, we beat you. It, it, it's the beauty of what North Carolina Duke have given us for so long. What I'm most interested in is the next chapter. Guess what? For North Carolina, you began chapter one with a Final Four national title appearance, wow. which was spectacular. Yeah. For Duke, it starts literally as we speak yeah. with John Shire. Can he maintain the excellence, which was Mike Krzyzewski? Who can? Mm -hmm. He'll have to forge his own path. Same thing with Hubert Davis. You know, is he going to be Roy Williams? I don't know. He might be better. He may be worse. I got no earthly idea. It's just the first step. So I'm intrigued by watching what the two elite programs in our league do in this transitive period in moving forward. And I've, Hubert's off to an awesome start. Right. John Shire, tag your it. Yeah. Let's see what you do. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, Charlie brings up an interesting point. And here's the thing I always think about with stuff like this. Five years ago, this discussion about following Roy Williams and following Mike Krzyzewski would not have included Hubert Davis and John Shire. The names would have been, oh, do I have to tell you the Brad Stevens? Remember that? Remember that whole? Which would have been a great hire. Would have been a great hire. Mark Few, whatever. The, I mean, just throw it all out there, right? And yet both programs elected to stay in-house. And Charlie just mentioned something. The proud former players that showed up, the ones that showed up in New Orleans for both schools, the ones that showed up in Cameron for Kay's last game, the ones that showed up on the floor for the 82 celebration earlier this year in Chapel Hill. It's what makes them special. Exactly. Doesn't happen at UCLA. Happens a little bit at Kansas. Happens at Indiana. Happens occasionally at UConn. It's a short a, list. It's a real short list. And you're on it. But the power of Duke and Carolina in that particular vein is 1-2 one, or 2-1, two, depending on your cup of tea. Right. That's it. And, and, you know, for folks that don't like either one of them, you know why you don't? Because you're tired of them beating your rear end. That's why. Yeah. That's the way it works. And as Mark said on this program last week several times, nobody felt worse all last week than Kentucky. Yeah, the poor Kentucky fans are sitting there going, God, every time I turn it on, they're talking about somebody who just passed us again. <laughs> I mean, and they got a great tradition. They and do. They, I got nothing but respect for Kentucky. Right. All right, uh, a couple more social media hits before we uh, take our next break. Dave Dorn coming up bottom of the hour. Uh, Jenny, at Jenny DG, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> UVA. <laughs> that would be true. Yeah. That would be true. I mean, again, the offensive woes at times, you just shook your head and went, gosh, can we just make a basket? And then when you had nights where Virginia made shots, man, they looked the part. But yep. like I said earlier today, the guy running the program is as good as it gets in the business. He knows what needs to be fixed, and I am banking, and I bet you he gets it figured out. Uh, at base 521, is that the next one I think we've got here? Number one playing number two in number two's backyard. You can't make this stuff up. Yep. That, unfortunately, for the NCAA Division I Women's Basketball Committee, that particular game is going as great as it was, and it was a terrific game. Maybe the best game of the tournament, right? I thought so. Yeah. That, unfortunately, is going to resonate in this league for a while, Pac. Yeah, but, you know, it's over and done with. you got to move on. I mean, right? you got to move on, and like I said, hopefully – Hopefully, folks in charge made a note and said, you know what, perhaps moving forward, yep. we don't put everyone in that position again. All right. John in Virginia 
will be our last caller in the segment. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you all? Really enjoy your show. I want to say I'm a Duke fan, and genuinely, I'm very happy with the season. I think Coach K did a great job with that young team. I would like to have seen him play Kansas in the finals, but that's another discussion for another time. Um, Okay. I want to know from y'all, really, and I've had some questions about the uh, portal and what that's going to do to the college game. I, I don't know what to make of it, but I'd like to hear from y'all what you think of it. All right. It's a game changer, uh, especially in basketball, where really one or two guys can really turn you from a basement cellar dweller Yep. to a factor in your respective league, whether we're talking about the ACC or anybody else for that matter. Mm-hmm. And that's already been proven in one year. Ask Steve Forbes, right? Yep. He, he took Wake Forest and was a cellar dweller for the last couple of years and literally overnight brings in, uh, what, seven new guys, I think when the number was. And, hey, he becomes the coach of the year, gets the player of the year from Oklahoma. And next thing you know, you're off to the races. So it can absolutely change a program. I think more so overnight in hoops and maybe football, even though I think football, you got to be cognizant of what's going on. Uh, it's a game changer right now in college sports. Yep. really is. Um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of my partner and what I tell folks on a, on a regular basis, think, seemingly, John. Uh, one, you need to wait until August or September to confirm your roster. Right, Pac? Said it all the time. Okay. The second part is this. I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think the college basketball that most of us grew up with, if you're 56 like me or touch older like Pac, you grew up with guys that stayed four years. You became comfortable with guys that stayed three years and you understood the guy that maybe was one or two because of the opportunity. Take that now and speed it up. Guys who you don't understand will leave after a year or two for no reason other than, hey, I'm going to go play somewhere else because I think I might play more. It might be a minutes played decision. It might be the chance to score decision. The freedom now given to the student athlete is out of control, and it has no governance. That's part of what Mike Krzyzewski talks about when he says structure. There's all sorts of different elements in this piece, and unfortunately – Long-time college basketball fans, folks that seen it for more than 20 years, this is really uncomfortable. But the portal is going to cause a lot of this until they get some governance around it. And right now, we don't have any governance. You can just hop in whenever you want to. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some rules and regulations. I'm all for the student-athlete having yep. as much power and control as he or she can possibly get. Same thing with name image likeness. I think yep. it could be a wonderful thing. But when it's used uh, – recklessly and it can now be used recklessly because there are no rules right uh you got a problem and the sports that we grew up with are over it's done it's never coming back yep. it's never let me emphasize that never coming back so if you fall into the category like we do that hey man it's not it's not our it's not i wasn't growing up as a kid yeah, no kidding mm-hmm. uh so you better deal with it and even where sports was two years ago right is completely totally different than where we are right now so the, the sooner, I think, as a fan, as a customer, you embrace, hey, here is the new agenda, right. the better off you're going to be. Yep. Uh, but if you try to make continual comparisons of where it used to be, hey, you'll drive yourself nuts yep. because it's a different world now, yep. totally different universe. 
the Packer and Durham Podcast. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. More of your phone calls coming up along with Dave Dorn. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN. By the way, a rumor out there, Coach Doran's got quite a beard going here in the offseason. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to find out for ourselves. I've been told it's a fantastic-looking beard. Well, we'll be the judge of that. All right. A um, couple of basketball notes before we get to Coach K's comments from New Orleans, and it relates to Duke, and we'll show you kind of how the coaching deal connects here. Uh, yesterday, Mark Spears from Ascend and and, and um, others was were talking about and reporting Nolan Smith leaving Duke to become the associate head men's coach at Louisville for Kenny Payne. Nolan's dad, the late Derek Smith, longtime star with Kenny Payne on the 86 national championship team. Uh, Nolan born in Louisville, um, has roots in Louisville. Of course, his dad was a great player for the cards and one of the most beloved figures in Louisville basketball history for sure. And we showed you a clip yesterday of the emotional ties. Well, so that leaves a vacancy for John Shire. Mike Schrage, who just finished his third year at Elon, that's right, fighting Phoenix, uh, as their head coach, is expected to join the Duke staff. Now, Schrage had been a head coach. He'd longtime assistant Chad Holtman at Ohio State and at Butler. Uh, Chris Holtman, right, I should say. Chris Holtman. So that shows you kind of the ties and the connection. Now, Mike was – an operations guy at Duke. He was a former Indiana guy, uh, manager at Indiana, student assistant at Indiana, then joined Kay's staff, later worked with Johnny Dawkins out at Stanford when he first became the coach out there. So there is Duke history with Mike Schrage and John Shire, which leaves a vacancy at Elon Pack. And you and I this morning. Wait a minute. Oh, don't time. This is, number one, your school. So don't tie me into your hot take on who they should go after. Leave me out of this. Well, I'm really thinking about your steak bet with Greenberg. Well, don't worry about my dinner, right? Don't worry about my dinner. I want you to worry about your school here because you have a job opening at your institution. Two-time ACC Coach of the Year. He's had plenty of time to digest and refine. and Digest is a key word. And and look at his next opportunity. You want him out of Bristol and you want him in Burlington. I want him at Elon, which is next to Burlington. You're not in Burlington? I thought Elon was in Burlington. next to Burlington. It's in Elon. Oh, excuse excuse, I've always thought Elon was in Burlington. That's not right? Uh Uh-oh. So you're in Elon, North Carolina? Is that that right? Yeah, I did not know that. Well, Notre Dame's in Notre Dame, Indiana. Hey, don't confuse the two, right? I'm not. There's no L. There's no L. (laughs) In Notre Dame. In Notre Dame. There's an L in Elon. Stop it. Greenberg, the Phoenix. Come on now. You've been waiting. I know you've just and, been and waiting. We, I, you know, I got a nice note. I can get you some golf. I can I, get you the whole bit. I got a really nice note from Seth this morning about yeah. my mom. But yeah. he, he's not responded towards this. No, he's not take. responded to this at all. I think that's probably indicative of where we are. Big picture. All right. That'd be my guess. All right. I was going to set things up, tea times and everything. That's your instant. This is a you problem. No, not really. Don't that's... tie us into this. Okay. It's not a Packer and Durham thing? No, it's a Elon problem. All right, let's move on then. New Orleans was the site of the Final Four. But as often happens at the Final Four, sometimes the conversations aren't principally about the participating teams, coaches, and like, or the games themselves. It's about all of basketball. Well, realizing that he was in his final move, 
The media started asking Mike Krzyzewski on Thursday about his position with the NCAA and what he sees as the future of basketball. Well, on Friday when he met the media, he doubled down and finished what I think is one of the really important five minutes about all of college athletics. You know, one thing before answering anything, I, would, I don't know how, if I'll ever get a chance to talk to all of you again. Uh, not that I'm thinking negatively about tomorrow, but uh, uh, I want to clear up one thing. Uh, yesterday, I said uh, about the NCAA. Yeah, I think we're all frustrated, and uh, that's good because if you're frustrated, it means you, you know then all constituents want change. The thing that I would recommend is that this is a transformational time for college athletics. When you transform, the main thing you transform is structure, you know, organization. The structure we have right now does not work. And so if the transformational committee is geared, I hear these things that they're coming out with all the compliance stuff, that should come after structure. It, it's. And I would take a look at the organization who's on that transformational committee. I, would, I, I think there are more compliance people on it. Nothing against compliance people. That's part of what we do. This is a time not to look at nits and bits. It's a, look, it's a time to look at the whole thing. It's a time to look at and see if do you do something like football and they're under one roof. Do you organize men's and women's basketball under another roof? Do you do that in different segments of the NCAA? Do you have different houses, not try to put everyone in one house? Do you uh, have leadership groups for each of those houses? Do they have the, the autonomy then to handle situations at that level that never gets to the big house? Do you then at different times meet together to see what things are happening in all these houses that help everybody. And we're not being like you're being pushed away if we're not looking at you a certain way. Uh, give autonomy to different groups and then bring it all together. It's time to come up with an organization that has not been able to adapt. And so this time is to catch up on all the things we didn't adapt to, but to form an organization that can be, that can anticipate change, can forward look and say these things might happen. Do you have a lobbying group with Congress? Do you, you know, do you establish relationships that are one-on-one -on -one and are not committee-oriented? Like, who does the NBA talk to in basketball for us? They don't know. I mean, I know Adam Silver better than anyone on the NCAA. So who is the Mary, Joe, or whoever it is that spends the whole year? In other words, you have to have these houses that are looking at what's happening in your house on a day-to-day -day basis that has a feel for the constituents that are in that house. And so that you bring, you represent them in a way that is fair and it's an ad adaptive and we stay ahead of it. That's what I would like. 
And it has to start with structure. It has got to start, if we don't do it with structure, you're just trying to do the same thing in the same house. I don't understand, I, it's crazy to me. And I'm getting out of it, but it's crazy to me. As a leader, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. If we don't do it that, and I don't care how you do it, but you got, you got to look at structure and organization. And shared leadership, shared leadership, it shouldn't go up, and little things then go up. You, you know what I mean? To, they shouldn't go up. They should be handled. It's like an army. A squad leader takes care of what's happening in the squad. A company commander takes care of what's happening. You know, the general doesn't take care of all those things because then that general is covered with minutia. That's not minutia at the squad level because it could end up being something big. Anyway, I hope I make a little bit of sense. But anyway, so I'm not blasting anybody. I'm, I'm saying, come on. You know, do this the right way, though. I don't, see it, I don't see it happening that way. And the only way you do that is to understand the people on the ground. You have got to listen to the coaches of each of these sports. They represent the players, okay, and know what's happened. Otherwise, you have absent congressmen who never know what the hell's happening in their district. Anyway, I, that's my 40 years. Who? Oh. Boy, do we need him in college athletics, and in basketball in particular. Amen. Well said, Coach K. Thank you, sir. Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Hey, don't forget, spring football all day Saturday. I'm telling you, it's a 11 to 11 type deal for Pack. It's literally pull up a chair. They're stealing our stuff. Uh, BC kicks it off at 11, Clemson at 1, Carolina 3, 5 o'clock for Florida State. You'll see NC State and Pittsburgh on tape delay at 7 and at 9 here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. And with that, we welcome you back, uh, Packer and Durham, on this Wednesday. And the NC State spring game is in part and parcel for Gigi's Playhouse, a Down Syndrome Achievement Center Nice in the state of North Carolina, in particular in the Raleigh area. Dave Doran, we've been told this beard's magnificent, and it is. Oh, come on. How good is it? When did you, when did you decide to grow the, uh, the beard in? This looks good, huh? You know, after the bowl game, I was, I was a little tired and uh, with what happened down there and just kind of took a break from daily duties and that was one of them and uh sarah liked it so i kept it and then my son said i gotta keep it and then it it was pretty crazy there for a while i just trimmed it so you know trying to keep it in check coach i gotta tell you uh that looks like we're going on horseback riding to go a little fly fishing out there in the middle of nowhere montana is what that looks like that's what we're going to do in july I'm uh, not there yet, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's got the look right there. I tell you what, now, I kind of warned you during the break, there are a lot of people barking, a lot of people howling <laughs> about the Wolfpack, top 10, Good. top 15. I, You know, it's funny, you know, a couple of years ago, there were a bunch of people going, this Dorn guy, I, mean, I don't think he's going to work at NC State. Now look at you. 
Now look where you got this program going. It's got to feel good that from a national perspective, the narrative, if you will, about NC State football and expectations for 22 are about as high as I've heard and seen in a long, long time. Well, I think the program's earned it. You know, we, we obviously had the bad year that you just spoke about, but the body of work since I've been here has uh, shown a lot of signs of progress. Our staff continuity, we're the only staff that has all 10 assistants back in the ACC. I think that says a lot about, you know, the dedication of our administration to our staff, the quality of work that they've done and, and our chemistry that we have together. Um, but we're proud of where we're at, but we also have ambitions and, and goals of, of winning the whole thing. And so these kids have earned the right, you know, to have that type of notoriety. I'm happy for them that they're getting it. All right. So when you bring back as much experience and productivity as you do, um, and guys who have, have been involved in the building, right? So what's the next step? Where did you go to find that next want or next why in, in the case of this particular football team? Well, you know, I think as we finish the season, obviously you guys know we, we lost by one uh, to Miami, lost by three to Wake, didn't play in the ACC championship. So that's the next step, you know, is getting to that game uh, and what that means for our league in general. Usually it puts you in the playoffs, you know, and so we've got to do everything we can to win – the Atlantic Division, and that's the next step for our program. Uh, how do you get there? You get there finishing plays, you know, and, and finishing drives, finishing games. We had opportunities to win those two games that I mentioned and didn't get it done. Um, and so it's finding those plays through our preparation, our practice, our development, our recruiting, and our coaching, you know, and, and that's kind of the task that we're in here on day to day. And obviously this Saturday, You'll get a glimpse of it. We won't have everybody out there in the spring game, but you'll get to see a lot of the younger players out there doing the things they can do to help us. Coach, before we get to the spring game, pretty cool reunion you guys have planned for Friday night. And, man, the numbers yeah. that you're bringing back, pretty impressive. To me, that always tells me about the DNA of a program. You know, this is something Coach O'Brien started prior to me getting here and uh, it was brought to my attention. We've continued to do it, and because of the COVID you know, things that happened the last two years, we haven't been able to do it. There's going to be 250 plus former players that go way back, you know, obviously recent players all the way back. Um, and some of the coaches come back, you know, and so it's great to have the lineage uh, in the family. And, and we talk about Wolfpack is for life, you know, and to be able to have this opportunity and, and then get them out at practice with us on Friday night and around us for the game Saturday, I just think it's awesome. I got to tell you now, I'm getting chills thinking about, like, some of those cats coming back. I mean, I don't even know who's coming back, and I'm just thinking of great <laughs> NC State players in the yeah. past. I mean, if you told me that, like, Ralph Stringer was coming back, if you told me that Mike Quick might – I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you've had so many great football players in that program in the last, what, 50 years. Yeah. I mean, it's a who's who in some respect of great ACC talent. Yeah, and that, it, it'll go back – you know, guys that are 80 years old all the way to guys that are 23, you know, um, at this event. And, and and then, you know, who's going to show up coaching-wise? You know, Coach Sheridan came back a few years ago. Uh, Buddy Green was here a few years ago. So, you know, keep trying to bring everyone back that wants to be a part of it. And it's something that I think is special. And, and I know our team uh, enjoys the Friday night walkthrough that we do that allows all those guys to be out there with us as well. Oh. I want to ask you about something else that also speaks to the success and the continuity of the success you've had. 
Um, you had a pro day a couple weeks ago, and it was like a presidential news conference because you've got a guy who won't last, in my opinion, past the fifth pick, and he may not yeah. get to five. Um, but when your program goes in that microscope for Icky's you know, next step, right, it also showcases the rest of your program. And, Dave, I've heard from more than one person who was at your pro day that while Iquanu delivered all the things they thought, they were really impressed with your quarterback. And your quarterback is yeah. still playing for you. It's not a guy yeah. going next level yet. What does that say about the impact that particular event and success can have on this year's team? Yeah, it was well attended. You know, obviously with Icky um, and what is in front of him. You know, I know he's really shown well and, and done a great job in his interviews uh, with Jacksonville, the Giants, the Jets, the teams that seem to be most interested. Uh, but then, you know, for us to be able, the NFL passed a rule to allow, you know, your quarterback to throw to your receivers uh, to give them the best chance. And obviously we wanted Emeka to be able to show what he can do. Uh, and then Ricky Person and Bam Knight, you know, catching balls from him. It's just, I think it was great that they allowed that, and we were not surprised that Devin did what he did out there. I think you guys know how I feel about his arm talent, and so it was great for him to be able to show that and, and just do one more thing for him professionally as far as getting those eyes on him earlier. By the way, uh, when you have as many guys back for mm -hmm. this season, how does your approach change, if any, in the spring versus years past? Yeah, you know, I think we have guys back that shouldn't be back, right, because of the COVID rule that gave these guys another year. And so there's banked reps uh, on top of banked reps for some of our players. And, and so we're holding out guys um, that are going through spring ball at times. You'll see Tanner Engel and Drake Thomas and Devin Carter, guys like that that have a lot of reps in games uh, and scrimmage situations. We're not giving them as much work so that we can, you know, get those reps invested in the Anthony Smiths at receiver and, and Julian Grays and, you know, younger players that need the reps, uh, you know, Devin Boykin and uh, giving him reps, you know, Josh Pierre-Lewis giving him reps as opposed to Tanner Engel. Um, and then we still have the guys out that were injured last year, getting them recovered and, you know, Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore and guys like that. So you know, when you see our spring game, it isn't going to be a reflection of who we're going to be in the fall but it will be a good reflection of the talent pool and, and the youth in the program and a chance for our fan base to see them. Coach, it gives you a great luxury when you just can rattle off those kind of names. And, and for folks that aren't big <laughs> NC State fans, they go, man, I, those dudes are still They're there. They're still there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Is the depth right now the best you've ever had since you've been at NC State? Well, once we get them all on the field, Mark, I'll say yes. But right now they're not. So, I mean, right. we're, we're barely – you know, our two deep is pretty uh, – I guess fragile, you'd say, because we are holding out so many players that have banked reps. But once we return them all and we have our full roster in the fall, then yes. And I think that's the beauty of what's happening here right now is we're building not just depth, but we're giving these guys opportunities to feel like they can compete in the ACC next year. And every rep is so critical in a young player's progression, you know, that, that play he makes in a scrimmage where all of a sudden he garners the confidence he needs to compete at this level is a, maybe one of the more critical steps he has in that progression. So these reps for Josh Crabtree at receiver and Anthony Smith and Julian Gray, they're huge reps because we're going to lose Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter and guys like that after the season, and, and we don't want to take a step back. All right, I want to ask you the same question I asked Mike Norvell about an hour ago. 
I'm coming to that game Saturday. I'm going to watch your team. I know all the household names. I know Tanner Ingle's been there since Nixon was in office. I mean, I, I got all that, right? But I, I need to know I need to know one guy on either side of the ball that I need to watch who may be brand new or who didn't play a lot last year. So who are you going to give me? You know, on offense, uh, I'll give you two names to watch. Anthony Smith at receiver uh, and Demi Sumo at running back. I think both those guys – have had very consistent spring okay. uh, and, and have put themselves in a spot to make plays in a game like that. And uh, on defense, I would say uh, Jalen Parker is a young linebacker that's really had a good spring for us. He's a guy that's just a special teamer a year ago. Uh, Travali Price is another one, uh, defensive end, that we think has a great future here as well. Right. Coach, we haven't talked to you since you got that new contract extension, so uh... – <laughs> You know, I'm not going to ask you if you bought anything cool yet for that uh, trip going out fly fishing, but I am going to ask you this question because we've been asking coaches this, and we've not had a chance to ask you this question yet. This could be our best answer. I'm kind of curious where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, Walk-up music for you specifically, personally. What, what, what's the song? Whether it be game day, going to practice, uh, you know, hanging out with the kids, whatever. What, what's your go? What's your go-to game? game on the song? boat. On the boat. Whatever. What's the music? What is it? When you turn it up. What's the song? You're asking different questions, like a walk-up song versus on the boat. Like but these what, are two different moments. Whatever gets you going, <laughs> you know, you pick. Because this could be your right. song from now. On. Listen, this is your 11th appearance. I'm I'm guessing you're going to be back a few more times at least. And so this is going to be a lead-in song for you. So you got to make this one a good one. All right, we're going to go with Troubadour by George Strait. How's that? Ooh, oh, that's Mrs. A good one. P would love that. Yeah. My wife's a George Strait yeah. lover now. Yeah. She loves old Mrs. George P Strait. actually had her picture made with George Strait. Yeah. Amy had her picture made with George Strait. Yeah. How about that, Dave? Huh? Big time. She loves George Strait. Mark was husband of the Mark was husband of the year when he got that done. Uh, you know what was bad about it though, Coach? When she came back to me, she was humming "All my exes live in Texas." That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Amarillo by morning is what she told yeah. me. Hey, by the way, when you get all those 250 former players, do you let Terry Harvey come to that event, or does he have to stay away at distance? What do you think? No, he'll be there. He'll be front and center holding court, you yeah, know, doing what he does. Yeah, but, yeah, that's Harvey's right. usually a part of that, you know, yeah. as long as he can make it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks as always. We're looking forward to watching your team. By the way, fans can see the game live on ACCNX and then the, the TD of it at, uh, at 7 o'clock. Thanks, Dave. Great to see you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Go Pack. You, you bet. Dave Dorn, head coach of the Wolf Pack. Is he not in the mug club? He has, I said, 11 appearances. He's already in. Did he get his mug yet? I believe he has been shipped the mug from the shipping department at ESPN. I was confirmed that he has received the mug. All right. I was told. All right. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, we're going we're gonna to go back and chronicle our master's picks when we continue. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Hey, we got a softball, baseball double dip for you coming up on Sunday. How about top five action from Tallahassee? Sunday at noon, number five, Virginia Tech. Number three, Florida State, ACC softball. And then we will pivot to baseball in Atlanta, the McNeese Ballpark. Number 20, Florida State visits to see the Jackets at uh, 2 p.m. So softball, baseball double dip right here on ACC Network. 
and streaming live on the ESPN app. Thanks to Dave Doran, to Kayla Trainer, Mike Norvell, Ron Green Jr., all part of this this program. Um, On this date, 13 years ago this happened? It's like yesterday, right? Yeah, this is a good club here now. 09 Carolina. Michigan State never had a chance. In I mean, their, it was like their, 11 in the first two minutes. It was in their backyard, and it simply did not matter. Oh, North 80. Carolina blitzed everybody in the tournament. Wayne Ellington, that's a moving bucket, right? By the by the way, first year of the raised floor at the Final Four, for those of you looking for the trivia on the event, Ford Field. Mark Hollis had a lot to do with that. Remember that, the AD? Sure. Great guy. Danny Green, there are no players on this team, are there? <laughs> uh, this team, you know, very seldom do you see a team just go run roughshod through the entire field. Right. We saw Villanova do it a couple years ago. Yep. That North Carolina team did it. There, there was never, ever a game in doubt. They dominated. Smoke shows. I mean, they were just, they were just yeah. too good for everybody. Um, we have done a Masters uh, pool. Not pool, because really it's bragging rights. Draft. That's it. Masters draft. Here's a look. Oh, look, Ives and Brooks get on the board. Nice to see those boys' names and lights, right? Brooks picks Kepka, John Rahm. Now, again, for folks that have no idea, you got to pick one ACC yeah, player, right. and, and the other player is a non-ACC player. Yeah. Ives goes Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas. I pick Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, and Packer picked the Ramblin' Wreck. Stewart Sink, and blocked Brooks in a tactical move you took Cameron Smith. Yeah, I have no chance of winning, but it didn't matter. My satisfaction was the pick. Uh, I would say if I had to handicap these, I would say that the uh, folks in Bristol would be the leaders prior to the clubhouse. Well, especially when Ron Green Jr., the Global Golf Post, comes on this and specifically names Kepka and Rom as chances to win. I'm sitting there thinking, well, Brooks is going to end up winning this thing, and then Monday we're going to look like Trash cans. Yeah, whatever. Whatever makes you feel good. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Masters. Anyway, the Masters. The Masters. One of the great American moments. Uh, I'm telling you, these coaches' interviews, tomorrow Jeff Halfley on this program from Boston College with his spring game. The Jay McGillis Memorial game kicks off our 12 hours of spring football. And yeah, if you're looking through the window, that is the guy mowing the grass. <laughs> oh, good. Here at uh, here at the house of Packer. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from seven to ten Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.